0: Welcome
1: to Damn Good Movie Memories, with your host, Brian Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring workday. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to go back to the Old West. And we're going to talk about one of the oldest genres out there, and that's westerns. And so Westerns have been around for so long that you could have a mishmash, you could do just Westerns from like the 1930s to the 1950s, but uh, Westerns kind of have made a comeback in the last 20 years, so there are some great ones that we're going to mention, and uh, I definitely have honorable mentions, but I had there were so many I had to do a top 10 list, and top 10 lists are always fun, so let's start with my top 10 now. All right, number 10 from 1993 is Tombstone. Now, I first watched Tombstone, and of all places, at school during my senior year of English class. And Mr. Dean, my favorite teacher in high school, figured this would be a suitable enough movie historically (laughs) to show us, and we were more than happy to avoid writing essays for a week in order to watch the film. Mr. Dean never let us down. Now, Tombstone stars Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp and Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton play the brothers of Wyatt Earp. In addition, there are some other notable actors in the film, like Charlton Heston, Jason Priestley, Thomas Hayden Church, Dana Delaney, Robert Mitchum, Billy Bob Thornton, and Billy Zane. I mean, there's a ton of great actors in this film. It's definitely entertaining. If you're a fan of Westerns and historical events like the gunfight at the OK Corral, this is going to be right up your alley. Really, really well done Western. Number nine is City Slickers from 1991, This is one of the most popular comedies of the early 90s and really introduced the talents of Jack Palance to a whole new generation of movie fans. Palance had been acting since the late 1940s, appearing in a variety of roles besides Westerns. However, his role as Curly just became iconic and he eventually won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. And he also famously performed a series of one-arm push-ups on stage at the Oscars and is still shown in highlights of memorable Oscar, Oscar moments. While Palance definitely steals the show, Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, and Bruno Kirby are all excellent in their roles as lifelong buddies who decide to go on a Western vacation. Now, it's funny because I just watched this not too long ago, and uh, if you were ever thinking of becoming a non-meat eater, (laughs) this might be the movie for you, especially after Billy Crystal decides to adopt the baby calf,
2: Norman. Cowboy leads a different kind of life when there were cowboys. A dying breed. Still means something to me, though. A couple of days, we'll move this herd across the river. Driving through the valley. Oh, (laughs) there's nothing like bringing in a herd. See, now that's great. Your life makes sense to you. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? You city folk. You worry about a lot of shit, don't you? Shit? Yeah. My wife basically told me she doesn't want me around. She read it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, how old are you? 38. 39. Yeah. You all come off here about the same age, same problems. Spend about 50 weeks a year getting knots in your rope, and then, and then you think two weeks up here will untie them for you. None of you get it. Do you know what the secret of life is? No, what? This. Your finger? One thing, just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean shit. That's great, but what's the one thing? (sighs) That's what you gotta figure out.
1: Number eight is Pale Rider from 1985. This is one of Clint Eastwood's later-era westerns, but he showed that he didn't lose his touch for the genre. Much like the early spaghetti western days, the plot of Pale Rider is similar in that he plays a drifter who ends up in a small town that has been ravaged by a heartless big-time coal miner, Of course, Eastwood doesn't want to get involved, but circumstances always fall in his lap, and he ends up kicking ass and taking names for the good of the town, of course. Number seven is The Man Who Shot Liberty Valens from 1962. This is actually one of the best westerns ever made. It could be higher on my list, actually. The film stars James Stewart, John Wayne, and Vera Miles, and, of course, Lee Marvin. Other co-stars include Edmund O'Brien, Andy Devine, John Carradine, Strother Martin, and Levon Cleef. The film is told in flashbacks by Jimmy Stewart about when he first arrived to a small western town as a young idealistic lawyer named Ransom Stoddard. His innocence is quickly lost when the stagecoach he's riding is robbed by the infamous outlaw Liberty Valance, played by Lee Marvin. During the holdup, Stoddard is beaten severely by Valance. And then he's taken in by a restaurant owner and given the facts of life by the resident tough guy, played of course by John Wayne. However, instead of getting even with a gun, Stoddard believes the law should be the means of of vengeance, or revenge, for valance. So if you're looking to get into classic western, this film should be high on your list. Number six is one of the funniest movies ever made, and it's Blazing Saddles from 1974. And unfortunately, much like the original Bad News Bears, this could never be made today. Movie studios are far too uptight to do anything that isn't overly politically correct. The movie is supposed to be a farce and satirizes the absurdity of racism. Of note, one of the main writers of the screenplay was Richard Pryor. So Mel Brooks actually wanted Richard Pryor to play the lead as the sheriff, but the Warner Brothers executives were way too concerned about Pryor's drug use, and rightfully so, and he was too unstable. So Cleavon Little was cast in the role, and he's terrific. Pryor actually stayed on as the co-writer for the film, the regular cast of Mel Brooks Star Wars appear in the film like Gene Wilder and Dom DeLuise, Madeline Kahn, and Harvey Corman. Slim Pickens, which is a great name, is just terrific as Taggart, but who could forget Alex Karras as Mongo when he punches out the horse? This is a terrific film. If you're a millennial, hopefully you can get over <laughs> you know what you've been learning in college and whatnot and just enjoy the movie for what it is. And and actually Think about what you're watching and what the outcome is before you just have a knee-jerk reaction to it. This is a brilliant film and it should always be remembered. Number five is Quigley Down Under from 1990. As a kid and still today, I always enjoyed Tom Selleck as an actor. Of course, I was raised on Magnum P.I. reruns, which introduced me to him in the first place. Quigley Down Under is one of the more underrated Westerns released in the last 20 years. The cast is great. Tom Selleck, of course, is awesome. Alan Rickman, you can never go wrong. And Laura San G- Giacomo is great, too. You might also know her as the good friend of Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. The great thing about characters like Tom Selleck is that he's a likable, tough guy. He's the type of guy who is charming if you're pleasant to him, but, he's, but you also knew he could kick your ass if you pushed him too far. That's just what Quigley is like. His character in this movie isn't quite as charming as Magnum P.I., but he definitely kicks ass. And as good as Selleck is, Alan Rickman is equally stellar as the despicable villain. Number four is True Grit. But which one did I pick? Well, I went with the one from 2010, the remake, and I almost never do that. But it's it's grittier and, to me, better in many ways because the original version had elements of comedy sprinkled in and was even lighthearted at times. And even as much as I love John Wayne and he won an Academy Award, that was given to him because almost as a Lifetime Achievement Award. He could have been given, he should have been given for a lot of his other earlier Western roles, and he didn't get it. So this was kind of like, okay, we, we better give it to him before he's done any more movies. But the 2010 remake by the Coen brothers is dark, to say the least, and the humor is few and far between. And I actually like the more straight-ahead approach of the remake, which gives each version kind of its own place in history. And that's what remakes should do. Uh, The cast is stellar, with Jeff Bridges playing Rooster Cogburn, along with Haley Steinfeld, Matt Damon, and Josh Brolin. Uh, There aren't many movies where I own both the original and the remake, but both versions of True Grit uh, are worth owning in your movie collection, even if I give the, the, the nod to the remake. All right, number three is My Darling Clementine from 1946. This is probably the best Western you've never heard of or never seen, especially if you're younger. But this is a fabulous Western directed by John Ford, who was a master director and directed some of the greatest um, Westerns and movies of all time. So this stars Henry Fonda, Walter Brennan, Linda Darnell, Victor Mature, and Ward Bond. Now, I first saw this movie while taking a film appreciation class in college, and I've and I've stated in past episodes that that film class was one of the best decisions of my college career. Now, some of my younger listeners might choose to use this podcast as like a pseudo-guide to movies and music that they may not have heard of before, and, you know, at least that's my hope. You know, it's a lot cheaper than taking a college course, and so <laughs> I don't charge you anything. And uh, hopefully you learned something. And this is how I learned about films, too. Uh, It was simply by, you know, either my parents gave me recommendations or, you know, from that film class. So the film is loosely based on the events leading up to the infamous gunfight at the O.K. Corral involving Wyatt Earp. So if you've seen Tombstone, you should also see this movie. Henry Fonda does a terrific job as Wyatt Earp, but Walter Brennan really steals the show as the old man Clayton character. So if you're interested in seeing classic westerns, I think My Darling Clementine is a great film to start with, along with the man who shot Liberty Valance. Number two is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid from 1969. Amazingly, Paul Newman and Robert Redford only appeared in two movies together, but they're both iconic. It is almost impossible to pick between The Sting and Butch Cassidy, so I won't. But Butch Cassidy... And The Sundance Kid is the first movie for the actors as a duo. And they play the outlaws who are on the run from the law. And Catherine Ross also co-stars. You'll probably know her from The Graduate. Really, I can't express enough what a pleasure it is to watch these types of movies when you have actors that are on the top of their game. And and plus, you have a a well-written story, Burt Bacharach's music as, as a score, and you'll be singing raindrops keep falling on my head nonstop after watching this film. The play between both of them is just terrific. I mean, it's really a shame they didn't star in more movies together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Number one, and this was tough, but not that tough, and it's Unforgiven from 1992. This is one of the best modern Westerns ever made. The cast is just tremendous. Quinn Eastwood, Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman... I mean, you, all three are legends. The story is unique to most Westerns, and it's darker and more violent than Western movies made before Unforgiven. It's interesting, because I always enjoy Gene Hackman in any movie he's in, but I just realized he's often plays the villain. He's just great as a villain. And I absolutely love the ending to Unforgiven, because you go the entire movie thinking Clint's character just doesn't have it anymore. And then, well, you're just going to have to watch the movie to find out. But man, the interplay between Gene Hackman and Clint Eastwood, and then you also have Morgan. I mean, again, you just can't go wrong with this film. And again, it is dark, it's a little bit long, but the payoff is so satisfying. And this is why Clint Eastwood's one of my favorite directors, and he continues to put out quality material.
0: You have insulted the honor of this beautiful woman, Kirkland, said the duck. You must apologize, but two-gun Corcoran would have none of it. In cursing, he reached for his pistols and would have killed him. But the duck was faster, and how the lad blazed from his smoking six guns. See, I consider that to be an accurate depiction of the events, albeit
3: all right. There is a certain poetry to the language which I couldn't resist.
0: Uh, Mr. Beauchamp, I was in the Blue Bottle Saloon in Wichita the night that... English Bob killed Corky Corcoran. I didn't see you there. There are no woman, there are no two-gun shooters. There are none of this. You were there? Yeah, I was there. First off, Corky never carried two guns. Though well, he should have. Now, he, he was he was called two-gun corcoran. Yeah, well, a lot of folks did call him two-gun. But that wasn't because he was sporting two pistols. That was because he had a dick that was so big, it was longer than the barrel on that Walker colt that he carried. And the only insult he ever did was stick that thing of his into this French lady that English Bob here was kind of sweet on. You see, the night that Corky walked into the Blue Bottom, before he knows what's happening, Bob here takes a shot at him. And he misses because he's damn drunk. Now that bullet wasn't by, panicked old Corky. And he did the wrong thing. He went for his gun in such a hurry, he shot his own damn toe off. Meantime, Bob here, he's aiming real good, and he squeezes off another. But he misses, because he's still so damn drunk, and he hits this $1,000 mirror up over the bar. But now, the duck of death is as good as dead. Because Corky does it right. He aims real careful. No hurry. And bam! <clears> that walker coat blew up in his hand which was a failing common to that model. You see, if old Corky had to have two guns instead of just a big dick, he would have been there right to the end to defend himself. Wait a minute, you mean... You mean that English... English Bob
3: killed him when he didn't even have...
0: Well, old Bob wasn't going to wait for Corky to grow a new hand. No, he just walked over there real slow. Because he was drunk. Shot
1: him right through the liver. <laughs> All right, I do have honorable mentions, and so I'll go through them quick. There's Rio Bravo with Ricky Nelson and Dean Martin and John Wayne. It's a long movie, but it's a fun movie. Stagecoach. If you want a great original John Wayne from, I believe, 1939, he probably should have won an Academy Award uh, for that movie, but then again, 39, you also had... Uh, Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind. So good luck with that. Uh, Shane, I, my dad and I mentioned this later in the episode. He was annoyed by the kids saying, Shane, Shane, come out, the movie's still great. It's just funny that Alan Ladd is playing this badass when he's basically like four foot five, but whatever. it's a great movie. Uh, the Man with No Name trilogy. I couldn't pick one, so I didn't pick any. But a yeah, fistful of dollars, a few dollars more, and a Good and the Bad and the Ugly. You can't go wrong. My only beef with the Good and the Bad and the Ugly is it's almost three hours long. It's 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 too long. But again, the acting's tremendous in it. The best modern. It's not really a western, but it's close, and that's why I didn't put it on the list. But one of the best modern movies I've seen in the last five years is *Hell or High Water*. Um, they're not, you know, they're not on horses, but they're in the deep south or in Texas, um, and they're robbing banks. And it's just a really well done uh, film that doesn't involve CGI, and it's just great acting. Definitely worth checking out. *High Noon* with Jimmy Stewart, tremendous movie. Grace Kelly's in it as well. McClintock. this is kind of a fun one with uh, Maureen O'Hara and they're and uh, John Wayne, and they're kind of reprising their roles that they had in The Quiet Man. And lastly, this is actually, this probably should have been on my list, um, but I haven't, you know, I've seen it a couple times. I own it, but I don't know it enough to, to really uh, put it on my top ten, but it's definitely worth checking out, and that's Red River, of course, with John Wayne and Montgomery Clift. All right, let's see what everyone else's picks are on this week's episode. Okay, we're going back west, and we're going to do it with uh, Keith Rochford. So welcome back, Keith.
4: Thanks, Brian. I appreciate you having me back.
1: No problem. All right, so this is going to be an interesting one because westerns, since the beginning of movies, there's always been westerns. And they kind of, they went through a phase where it was, pro- well, probably in the early days of film, it was nonstop westerns. You know, you're John Wayne and, uh, you know, actors like that, Jimmy Stewart, and then westerns kind of went through a lull for there, you know. There weren't a lot in the '70s and the '80s for the most part, and then it kind of made a little bit of a resurgence. And I remember being in um, school and uh, in, in college, and they kind of talked about like there was almost how, how many stories can you tell that kind of they kind of get repetitive after a while with westerns. I think that's why they kind of lost favor, you know, at, at a point. But there are so many good ones out there. So I'm curious if if you came up with a top five list or did you do a lot more.
4: Uh, I struggled with this one a little bit more than, uh, some of the other ones that you had given me topics for, Mm -hmm. uh, not a big Western movie fan, but there were, after sitting there thinking about it, I found some that I did like, so I did come up with five and a couple of honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I think growing up, I, you know, for me watching reruns of TV shows like the Lone Ranger and, uh,
1: Bonanza and Gunsmoke,
4: Bonanza, the Rifleman and, Know the Cisco kid, it just they never clicked for me, so I never really got into a lot of the Western movies, but I did would give some of them a chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, my one of my honorable mentions was uh, City Slickers.
1: Oh, that's a great one! I love that, yeah.
4: So, I that one, I that one sticks out in my head because I do remember watching that one with my mom and dad. You know, I was you know running to the video store and renting the VHS, hoping that it was in that you could rent it. For those well, that remember those days
1: that was kind of the resurgence of Jack Palance, who was in many westerns back in the day like he was kind of a heavy and uh, yeah. man he just he owned the Oscars on that he like it was one of the most memorable Oscar performances when he was doing the one- arm push-ups and things yeah, like that
4: when he did the push-ups that's right yeah
1: so that was that was awesome and then of course they screwed it up by um, doing the old oh it's Curly's brother let's do a sequel so
4: <laughs> well you know you, you gotta get a little bit more blood from the stone that's so right <laughs> we always need to do that yeah that's uh, definitely
1: the, one of the worst sequels
4: yeah well there's there's probably worse out there I uh, think Blues Brothers 2000 could, my,
5: comes to mind my absolute number one pick <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, the other honorable mention I had, which is probably in one of the top fives for most people would, would be, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, that, that, it's, that's a tough one not to put that number one, you know?
4: Yeah. It's one of those ones to me. It's just a l- lot of times some movies click, some movies don't. And it, though, that genre never clicks. So the older movies really didn't click as much for me for that.
1: If you had to choose between that and the sting, what do you go
4: with? The sting. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really just a shame they didn't make more movies together. I mean.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so my number five is, uh, I guess the the recent version of a true western movie that had a, a brat pack, which would be the Young Guns.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So did you did
4: you like the sequel after that, or do you go with the the first one? The first one. The sequel didn't do much for me.
1: Okay. And yeah. And if you're not a Bon Jovi fan, it really you really don't like it. So. <laughs>
4: I'll admit that I like the soundtrack the, Boys War, yeah. <laughs> the movie yeah for a couple of the songs yeah. not all of them mm-hmm. but yeah
1: yeah that's a uh, Young Guns is a fun movie that's yeah you can't really take it super seriously but it's kind of a popcorn movie
4: yeah most definitely it's not you know you know it's a turn your brain off and just enjoy it absolutely to me
1: yeah and actually <laughs> the kid uh, I forgot his name. maybe it's is it Casey Shem- 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 Shemko or something like that or uh,
4: Shemasco y- or something yeah
1: he is did you ever see the movie Three
4: O'Clock High it sounds familiar. I probably did, but I vaguely remember it. So basically, it's the movie
1: where he's getting picked on by a bully, who is actually the villain in Kindergarten Cop, <laughs> and okay. uh, and basically the bully is from another school, and it's just uh, for a series of mishaps picks him to, to basically beat him up. And so the whole movie is leading up to that final fight, and he's, he's no match for it. But it's the same kid that's in Young Guns, so I always oh, thought that was okay. funny.
4: Yeah, yeah, I would probably chalk up the Young Guns to my uh, Lou Diamond Phillips craze, because I wa- I love watching La Bamba as yeah. well. So.
1: That'd be another fun soundtrack one to do if I ever get around to it.
4: Yeah, well, I only remember the one song, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, my number four is probably one of the most classic comedies of all time. That would be Blazing Saddles.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, they can't even make that movie today, you know? No, not even close. Which is a shame because if you, if you really look at it, it's it's Cleavon Little that's getting the laughs. You know, he he's the one that knows better than the, you know, the idiots in the town. And so while the, the, the dialogue definitely is, is harsh by today's standards it wouldn't work as well if it wasn't, you know?
4: Right, exactly. If you try to kind of water it down or you watch an edited version of it on like a network television channel, it would not be the same.
1: No, and people forget that Richard Pryor was actually supposed to be in it. He was supposed to be Cleavon Little, and Mel Brooks still used him to write on the, the, um, you know, to write the script, but he was just too much of a, um, he was way too crazy back in the day (laughs) to be reliable.
4: Was was that before or after his, uh, his accident
1: i want to say that's before which says a lot (laughs) so yeah oh my god yeah
4: (laughs) Yeah. that is bad then yeah wow my number three is uh the third installment of back to the future
1: nice good pick so you're going you're going the comedy route for westerns
4: on some of them yeah
1: yeah okay yeah see that's uh, of the three is that your how do you rank that of the three
4: that's my least favorite
1: okay but still enjoyable
4: Still enjoyable, yes, because it brings kind of the closure to the story. But you know, I kind of look at that one as like the Return of the Jedi of the the trilogy.
1: Yeah, that's a good analogy. And I'm, I'm put you on the spot. Who's the movie band in that?
4: ZZ Top. That's
1: right. That's I, I can't remember the the song they play, but it's maybe it's Double Back. Are they doing like a uh,
4: double back was the single from it, but I don't know if they were doing double back. I don't remember. I thought it was one of their more classic songs, but who I, knows.
1: I think it's du- like they do like a uh, like an old western countrified version of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. <laughs>
4: And number two, switching from, I don't know if it's considered a comedy, I think this is more of a, of a drama, is Tombstone.
1: Yeah, that's definitely, a, yeah, that's a great one, like kind of the, the wider type of uh, yes. Kurt Russell. Yeah, really. Actually, it was so good that my, uh, I remember my English teacher maybe just didn't want to teach that day, but that was, he, it was movie day and he played Tombstone, so there you go. You
4: know, that's when the teacher comes in after a Monday of watching football and is hung over. It's my, we need to, this is a history movie day, so.
5: Exactly. <laughs>
4: Kids would never understand nowadays when they saw the cart for the TV coming in the
1: classroom. Oh, man. Or I, you and I remember the real the real, you know?
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah. And my number one, Unforgiven.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a modern classic. Um, the acting in this is tremendous. I mean, between obviously Morgan Freeman, but the back and forth between Jane Hackman and, of course, Clint Eastwood. I mean, you go this whole movie, not to give anything away, but... You know, Clint's kind of down on his luck. You don't know if he has it, and then the ending is so badass.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Most definitely.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that's why Clint Eastwood is one of my favorite directors too.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think people forget about that that he's moved on to that side at some nowadays.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. So again, tremendous list. Uh, great picks, considering you're not a big fan of westerns. So that was really good.
4: Well, thanks. I appreciate it.
1: All right, we're back with DJ Metal Mike. Welcome back. What's up, brother? How you been, man? Been great. This time we're going back to the Old West. But before we get into that, we, of course, have to promote your amazing radio shows that are on that metal station. It's on Tuesdays and Fridays. Give me the exact times.
6: Oh, shucks, BD. (laughs) Um, Yes, Tuesdays are 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the Tuesday night thrash bash, which is nothing but thrash. Old school the new wave of thrash metal and even independent unsigned bands. And then my Friday show is from 6 PM to 1 AM. And I play metal of each and every kind and and subgenre variety, um, everything from black Sabbath to black fast or whoever, you know, it just doesn't matter. You know, I play a lot of different stuff and what can I say? I live, breathe and, live metal man
1: and that's I'll why be metal till my
6: dying breath my
1: friend. that's right and that's why the, sh- the show and the station is so great so be sure to go to that metalstation.com check out mike and check out the other great djs on there ralph Vieira has his own show too so. yes
6: yes dr fuck that's he has right a great show we got every every dj on there is phenomenal my nephew dj king does two shows a week as well
1: yeah so so definitely um, check that out but now we have him on so we can talk movies and this time we're going back to the old west
6: and yeah, it's gonna, all about the movies, man. <laughs> I love Westerns, so this should be fun.
1: Yeah, man. so what? just go down the list, and let, let's, uh, let's go through them all, your favorites.
6: All right, man. The number one for me would have to be The Searchers with John Wayne. Nice. Um, absolutely love that film. It's one of the films where I feel the Duke should have won an Academy Award, Mm-hmm. I've always felt like the one he got for um, True Grit was kind of like the Academy feeling like shit. Oh, absolutely. passed him over yeah. time and time again. I mean, don't get me wrong, True Grit's not a bad film. I actually prefer the Coen Brothers remake because it's more like the book. Oh, I agree. Um, it's darker. Yeah, uh, but The Searchers, I feel, is a very dark film, especially for when it was made. Yep. John Ford, what a genius, and John was brilliant in it. And that one scene where he sees the little ladies who had been captured by the Comanches and they're all like them. And he just looks at him with fucking disgust. Yep. God, man. I mean, it's the, there's the one time where I felt like the Duke almost looked evil. It was like, Whoa, it really took me back as a kid to see him look that give that look, you know, what a great film, man. Once upon a time in the West. Oh yeah absolutely adore this film. Everything about it, the way it's set up. The fact that they casted Henry Fonda as the villain was – and from what I understand, my dad said that when they advertised for the film, nobody knew Henry was the bad guy. They knew he was in it, Ah. but nobody knew. Uh So when people go to see the film, they just assume he's the good guy and Charles Bronson's the bad guy. And then when you see the very beginning with the family getting slaughtered and the camera pans around, and bam, it's Henry Fonda everybody in the audience was like, what? you know, it kind of freaked people out because he'd never really played a villain."
1: No, cuz like, you know, in My Darling Clementine and those type of movies, he's always the good guy.
6: I mean, he was kind of a putz in uh was it She wore a yellow ribbon yeah, or Yeah, yeah. Movie?
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
6: Yeah. With John Wayne, right? Where yep. John's like basically saying, "Hey, I made a promise to Cochise and I'm not going to screw him over." And he's kind of a windbag and a douchebag, but he wasn't evil. He wasn't a bad person. He was mm. just kind of a douche. In once upon a time in the West, he is fucking scum. Yeah, there is no redeeming quality to his character at all.
1: And he probably and, loved playing that role too because it's oh, fun. Oh you know to, he did. Yeah, it's fun yeah. to play the heavy.
6: And Charles Bronson was great in it, and and Jason Robards. It's just a great film. Yeah, too. great. Film. And I mean Claudia Cardinale. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. All right. Then I followed it up with Tombstone. I think as far as an ensemble piece, it don't get any better than Tombstone. Uh-huh. Everybody in that film was fucking fantastic. And from what I understand, even though that George P. Cosmastis, or however you pronounce his name, mm-hmm. was credited as the director. From what I understand, it was really Kurt Russell who directed that film. Ah, there you go. He the one that kind of kept everything together, according to Val Kilmer. All I can say is this. I think it's a phenomenal film. It's by far the best movie about Wyatt Earp. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely love it. I think everybody in it was great. Like, there's no weak link in any of the performances. You know, uh, the guys they got to play his brothers, Bill Paxton, Sam Elliott. You know, you got Va- Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday, who totally knocks that out of the park. Yeah, Powers Booth is Curly Bill Brocious. Uh Michael Bean is. Uh, um, Johnny Ringo. It's just a great film, man, from beginning to end. Love that's, that movie.
1: The first time I saw that was in high school. It was on a uh, a day that my English teacher did not want to teach, and so he just showed us Tombstone. So that's a cool English teacher.
6: Awesome. Yeah. Man. I actually went to the theater with my dad to see this.
1: Nice, movie. nice. Nah, great, great film.
6: And then uh, my number four, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I mean, Sergio Leone's epic film. Just a great movie. Everybody in it's awesome. You got Lee Van Cleef. You got as the bad. You got um, oh, what's his name? Fred. Oh,
1: I know. It's on the tip of my tongue.
6: Oh my god, damn! What's his name? Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach is the ugly, yep. and of course Clint Eastwood is the good. Uh, just a great film. It it caps off the trilogy. So great. of the of the
1: trilogy, that's the one you like the most. Yes. It's also by the far. but it's also the longest by far, by far too.
6: Oh, it's, it is. It's it, it truly is an epic film yep. in my opinion. I mean, I love a fistful of dollars and a few dollar more dollars more, and I've got them in my honorable mention. But I think the good, the bad, and the ugly is the shit.
1: And the score for the good and bad and the ugly is untouchable. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah.
6: And then my uh, fifth pick was Shane.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's funny. My, so we're gonna talk about my dad here. My dad always makes fun of me because he, he always says, Shane, Shane, don't leave. But if you just you can't think of it just for that one and you know that one scene with the kid. It's a great film, especially with Jack Palance.
6: Oh, so your dad doesn't like the movie? He does, art.
1: but he, he thinks the kid's annoying. He
6: is annoying. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I, I There are parts where I'm just like, shut up, kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but other than that, it's still a great film. Yeah. Everything about it. I mean, you got, you know, Alan Ladd is Shane. Jack Palance is, uh, um, what was his name?
1: I forget, but he, he's, he's a great bad guy. What
6: does that mean to you, Shane? I heard about you. And he's like, I hear you're a low down Yankee liar. Prove it. Uh, Wilson, Jack Wilson. That was his good name.
1: memory. I think yeah. the other reason my and, dad my dad always made fun of Shane was because Alan Ladd was so tiny that you yeah, couldn't take him seriously as a badass.
6: <laughs> um, but, and I mean, Van Heflin is yeah. Mr. Starch. It's just a great movie from beginning to end. Um, I love that movie. And then the one guy, I can't remember his name now, great actor though, but he played one of um, the villains underlings and he, he kind of messes with him And then later when Shane beats his ass, then they all gain up on him like that. Like, cause they're a bunch of bitches. Oh, Ben Johnson. And even the little kids like, yeah, the little kids even like Shane, get out of here. And he's like, you wouldn't yeah. want me to run. I'm like, I'm t- I-, I remember as a kid watching The going Kane or Shane. Get the fuck out of there, man. Because yeah. t- like the kids said, there's too many of them. That's and right. And then got uh, Mr. Starks comes in with the axe handle and starts whooping ass. Great movie. Yep. Uh, love that movie. Yeah,
1: and Gene and Arthur is in a lot of the, like, screwball comedies. She's great as Van as, yeah. like Heflin's yeah. wife. Yep,
6: yep. Yep. Big Joe and Little Joe. And, yeah, Little Joe got on my nerves. Yep. And I like Little Joe's mom. I can't remember her name. But yeah. She's Gene uh, Arthur, great yeah. actress. Yep. Then I follow it up with Red River.
1: Yeah, that's another one. That that one uh, in college, they made us watch that one. Great
6: movie. Yeah, great movie. Another movie where John kind of plays a bit of hard ass.
1: Yeah, with Montgomery. Cliff. Montgomery
6: Cliff, yep. and I, it's a really, I think it's a great film. You know, I mean, now that one was directed by John Ford as well, right? That I mean, was, right that?
1: yes, it was. Yeah.
6: And no wonder it was so good.
1: Yeah. No, nah, he was a badass directing. Oh,
6: yeah. Yeah, he was, man. I heard that old man didn't take no shit from nobody. Nope. Either, man. Nope. <laughs> no. Um, and then, of course, we have The Cowboys. Um, I think it's a great film, plus also the, the, the emotional ending and what happens with the film. Yep. Uh, pulls at the heartstrings. Uh, love that movie. Absolutely love that movie. As you can see, I got a lot of John Wayne movies. Which, hey, man, he
1: the Duke, is uh, he's royalty when it comes to Westerns. Well,
6: You know, he he was kind of like I know it's going to sound weird, but when I was growing up, um, my dad's dad died three months before I was born. My Mm -hmm. mom's dad, I didn't know because he basically just bailed on my grandma and my mom. Okay, so I didn't really have a grandpa figure. Mm -hmm. John Wayne was mine. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like if I wanted a grandpa, it would have been John Wayne. Which is funny because if you look at pictures of my dad's dad, he looks a lot like John Wayne. So oh, So wow. maybe that's why. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, you know, when I would watch those movies and the Cowboys really got to me as a little kid because it's like that son of a bitch just shot my grandpa. Yeah,
1: yeah. You
6: know, pissed me off. No,
1: he was like, he was the badass of the day. Kind of like what Quinnie's would you know, turn into. Yes, so.
6: very much so. Yep. I love him too. Yep. And then, of course, Unforgiven. Absolutely. I mean,
1: my, my number
5: one.
6: Yep. You got to put it. I, you know, I, I I hated ranking these films because they're all so fucking awesome. Any one of these movies, in my opinion, could be number one. Sure. You know, I, I don't even know if I'm ranking them. I'm just I just I had to list them, so I did. Yeah. Unforgiven is a fucking masterpiece of a yeah. film. Um, Clint is great. Morgan Freeman's great. Uh, every Gene Hackman, um, the English actor. What's his name? Alan.
1: Yeah. He Yeah. He plays a guy. I forgot. Was it Little Bill? Little Bill. Uh, yep.
6: Yep. I'm having a hard time remembering his name right now. Great actor himself.
1: No, but *Unforgiven* Unforgiven's a modern masterpiece. It's the best. It really, yeah. it really
6: is, dude. You know, and it's funny because while you're watching it, the whole time I'm like, okay, this movie's interesting. It's got my interest. But where are they going with this? Yeah. Where are they going? But by the end, man, you're like, holy shit! When he fucking comes into town, oh, yeah. and fucks them all up, man.
1: Because he um, throughout the film, you're like, well, he didn't have it anymore. He's lost it, and then he gets yeah. it.
6: Yeah. Well, he even keeps saying over and over, I'm not like that anymore. I'm not like that anymore. I'm not like that anymore. Well, apparently all he had to do was get good and drunk, and he was like that again. Oh, man. Of course, obviously, him, them killing his friend that is was it. what really set him off. But what a phenomenal film. Man. Yeah.
1: That's why Quinn's the best, man. He's one of the best yeah. directors. Yep,
6: I love him. Yep, I absolutely love him. And then uh, I ended it uh, with The Wild Bunch. Great one. Uh, by Sam Peckinpah, yeah, great film, uh, kind of ahead of its time in my opinion. Yeah, bloody as hell. I mean, yeah, bloody as hell. It showed nudity, and this was still like in the late '60s, and they weren't really doing stuff like that till mainly the '70s, in my opinion. Yep. So I think the Wild Bunch was a little bit ahead of its time.
1: Oh, I totally agree. He he was a director that I mean, very much ahead of his time. Probably Tarantino was inspired by him and whatnot.
6: Oh, by far, yeah. by far. And then my honorable mentions, like I already said, there was a fistful of dollars a few for a few dollars more. I also had The Big Country with uh, Gregory Peck, yeah. Charles and Esten. Good one. Uh, Charles Bickford. Oh, it's a great movie, man. and I, I really enjoy that movie. And then you got Burl Ives, this is this badass rancher, too, man. Like, sweet Burl Ives, like shooting <laughs> motherfuckers and stuff. Great movie. Appaloosa, I think, is another really good modern-day uh, Western. Uh-huh. I love Little Big Man with Dustin Hoffman.
1: Yeah, a good one.
6: Uh, Dances with Wolves, even though I think it's a bit long. After a while, I'm like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like you know, that's one of the ones I should have mentioned when I was on here before about movies that are too just long. a little too long. Yeah, are out there welcome. That's one of them. I agree. Silverado, I think, was a great one. Uh-huh. A Duel in the Sun.
5: Yeah.
6: With and, and Glenn Ford and Jennifer Jones. Good God, what a woman! Yeah, that is a great film i think and it was really interesting to see gregory play a villain because vi- he didn't do it very often but god he was a prick in that film
1: yeah it's like he's
6: an absolute dickhead man. it's like
1: uh, seeing jimmy stewart as a bad guy which you didn't see often or even tom no. hanks
6: yeah 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 very rarely did you ever see that and then there was the uh, movie with uh, the recent movie with Christian Bale. I really like that. Did you see that?
1: Oh, was that the? Um, it was a remake. Was it 10, 10 to Yuma or something like that? Or no, no, three no, 10 no, no.
6: This one is um, called Hostiles.
1: Oh no, I haven't seen this.
6: You need to check it out, dude. Okay. It's a fucking awesome movie, man. It's really really good.
1: I will definitely check it out. I love Christian and, Bale.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I also want to mention too. Even though they're comedies, I still put them in the western genre, and that's Blazing Saddles and Rustler's Rhapsody.
1: Oh, I'm glad you mentioned, but yeah, both of them because Blazing Saddles
6: deserves to be on there.
1: It doesn't have to be a serious western. It's it's. I mean, you could put City Slickers in there if you wanted to. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Or
6: even if you were to do, I think you should eventually do neo westerns too. Yeah, that would be a cool.
1: Good call. Yeah, good, yeah, good call. Um,
6: yeah, but yeah I love Rustler's Rhapsody. I know it's fucking goofy, but I love the fact that they're kind of making fun of the old, you know. Roy, what's his name? Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, yeah. Gene Audrey type of, you know, westerns and making fun of the spaghetti westerns. Oh, yeah. Too. It, it's that's it's a cute movie, man. It's another one that I had forgotten to mention when you said I quote a lot. I Believe it or not, I find myself not just quoting Blazing Saddles, but yeah, Rustler's Rhapsody a lot. Hey, a man, lot. You,
1: you should pick the Apple Dumpling Gang, too, if we're going to go this route. So.
6: <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Man, I haven't seen that movie yeah. in years. I know. I, I, I don't know I if, remember. if i ever... I remember enjoying it when I was a kid, but yeah, wrestlers were actually, I mean, come on, dude, you got Andy Griffith as the Colonel. Yeah. It's so funny. He said, <laughs> yeah, you got John, you got John Wayne, or Patrick Wayne's, you know, John Wayne's son is the other, you know, quote unquote good guy. And I like how they have little rules, you know, like in order to be a good guy, you have to be a confident heterosexual. Yeah. It's like, you know oh, it's just so funny well
1: here's one i'll throw out for my dad just as an honorable mention since you mentioned comedies cat blue with uh uh jane fonda and lee marvin and uh, uh nat king cole that that's a good funny i've question. never seen it yeah i've you, never seen that check oh, out cat another B- one yeah. i gotta give uh um it,
6: it's kind of a funny movie north to alaska with john Wayne. yeah absolutely i love that movie too it's that's hilarious, especially when he's like starting to get jealous, and that kid goes, "You're looking awfully, you're, you're looking awfully sick right there, Sam." And all of a sudden, he just blows up. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, man. My grandma loved that movie. As always, man,
1: you come prepared, and I love it. Thank you so
6: much, Metal Mike. You are welcome. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, Stay man. Metal. Thanks. All right, we're back with
1: Malin. Welcome back. Hey, Brian. Thanks. We're going back to the West, the old West, and we're going to talk about our favorite westerns. And and this one could be all over the place because it's such. It's one of the original genres of film, so we could go all the way back to the beginning of film and all the way to modern times to uh, come up with our list. So I'm really curious of, how one, how many did you find, and uh, and what is actually on your list?
3: Yeah, so maybe, uh, first off, how many did I find? Okay, so I've got one trilogy, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven others that I'm going to mention. Okay, yeah,
1: I mean, it, it was yeah, tough to narrow lot. down, Yeah, yeah.
3: Um uh so but I was going to mention too yeah this is like what as you mentioned is one of the original genres um I feel like I've kind of taken westerns for granted because I grew up on them and uh you know as a kid I'd watch them as matinees and uh they were like all these black and whites and I think as I got older you know they just kind of blurred into each other like the classics did it's like uh you know, cowboys and Indians and people dying and yeah. you know, uh, cowboy hats and saloons and pistols. I don't know. I think I lost interest after a while. And I didn't go back to um, being interested in Westerns until not too long ago. So a lot of my favorite Westerns I kind of have a very, very fuzzy, fuzzy um, memory of. So, mm-hmm. uh, so some of these are more recent movies. But um, top of the list uh trilogy the man with no name absolutely films. yes yeah fistful of dollars few dollars more the good bad and the ugly um
1: which one do you like the most
3: i don't know okay. uh, <laughs> these i have uh, i have a little bit of a fuzzy memory about these as well i just uh watched all three of them um more or less back to back about four years ago um but in watching them back to back, they all kind of like blur together. They really do,
1: and, and the good um, and bad and the ugly is super long too. It's almost three hours. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember that one starts out with a uh, the good and bad and the ugly. I think that one starts out with a. Does that one also start out with a failed hanging? I think two of them do. It may could be totally wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I need to go back and watch too. That that's one. The music stands out the most in the good and the bad and the ugly.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. those of all of these on my list, I think those are the ones that I'm going to go back to, and watch again because of this, uh, because of your podcast. Oh, good. I want to see them again, and put them back into my brain a little bit more concretely, I have a sense of uh, one after the other. But I think um, his character is really interesting to me, and it's uh, if I remember correctly, in uh, at least one of those films, it's not even clear if he's. Uh, Meant to be portraying a human versus maybe a ventral spirit. Yeah, Am I totally off the whack there.
1: Well, yeah, that was one. Those are the ones he barely talks. I mean, he's it's he is just by a look you can tell what he's saying, and that I think that was yeah. always the brilliance of Quinn Eastwood.
3: Yeah, it is carries those films with a hat and a glance
1: yeah exactly and uh, yeah there he, he's such a badass he's like the ultimate <laughs> but in a different way like you know John Wayne would would kind of show you and, and do it you know in his way but Quinneyce would kind of do in a kind of an unassuming uh, don't mess with me <laughs> you know type of way but very quiet
3: yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um so now that you've mentioned um, John Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, next on my list, uh, *True Grit*, both the original and the remake.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um,
1: the the original yeah, I, the original is almost like uh, funny compared to the the remake.
3: Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. a little bit of a yeah. There's a. Oh, I, I don't know. It seems like a lot more tongue in cheek in the original. Yeah. The, the the remake is it's it's got a little bit of uh, comic relief um i think the matt was it the matt damon character is a bit thrown in there for comic relief yeah um,
1: which is basically Wayne campbell right
3: yeah 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 and um but other than that i think they're great i think it's and they're fantastic in the sense that the original holds up on its own without the need for a remake yeah but at the same time the remake even though i could you know i don't think it's necessarily net uh you know needed uh, I think it stands on its own. Um, it pays homage to the original, and It's and it's good on its own right. I, I don't know why I like both of them as much as I do. I usually don't like originals versus remakes. I usually have, like, one favorite. Right. But, but I, here I like them both. I
1: actually went into um, the remake thinking, nah, I'm not going to like this, but I still want to see it. And I end up, honestly, I like it more than the original, which is crazy. That rarely happens.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well I I went into the remake thinking the same thing. I mean I love the Cone Brothers and the yep. cast and I thought this is gonna be fantastic. Fucking fantastic to see the dude play Yes. You know, <laughs> <the> <laughs> That's lead. right. Yeah. And and he does a great job. I mean, you know, he's kinda the dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he's at
1: that point where you know where Al Pacino after Son of a Woman pretty much played the same character. Jeff Bridges is kinda like that now too.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, did I, I think I told you previously, I saw him in an interview with the playwright, Tony Kushner, and Jeff Bridges in person is kind of turned into the dude himself. Like, yeah, I don't he's, know, he's not playing a character.
1: That's anymore. right, he's morphed into it.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he is the dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of endearing in a way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. um, okay, more modern, uh, a couple more modern ones. Uh, there Will Be Blood.
1: Yes, definitely
3: which I totally loved. I saw that when I was living in Las Vegas. So I was out there living in this desert, and every once in a while I'd go to a movie, and I saw two Westerns out there, uh, There Will Be Blood and the remake of 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Um, and I liked both of them. I think, actually, I might have seen The Assassination of Jesse James at the same time or around the same time. Um, and it's. I think those three movies that kind of brought me back to being curious about the Westerns I'd seen as a kid and had kind of forgotten. So, so I really like each of those. Mm -hmm. Right. And each of those is on my list.
1: Yeah, definitely
3: there. Yeah. There will be blood is just a fantastic kind of epic, uh, film really kind of gritty. I love how they, as a period piece, it's just fantastic to watch.
1: Yeah. He's brutal. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's like this, uh, kind of, subdued for a lot of it subdued kind of revenge film. Oh my goodness. It's so fantastic to watch them go after each other Yes, Um, and not always in really, really direct ways. Uh, I, I think it's because they don't all, they're not always going at each other in really direct ways. And I don't always understand why, you know, this grudge is like being perpetuated for so long. It's just kind of like, you can't get over it. Um, And sometimes I'm thinking, I was thinking it as an an audience member, you know, just like, dude, drop it.
5: Yeah.
3: (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, but... um, That wouldn't be him. Yeah, the the end, it's just such a great payoff. It is. It's fantastic.
5: Yes, definitely.
3: Um, Assassination of Jesse James. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's probably like one of the only films I like Brad Pitt in. Mm. Um, And I really, I think this is the one film where um, Casey Affleck kind of stood out to me. Um, and I started to think, okay, this guy might be someone to, to watch. And now I think he's more, his, his performances and, uh, role choices are more interesting than his brother, which is not a high bar. No,
1: that's, that's a good point. You know, this is one I miss, So I'm going to, this is, I'm going to take this one off the list and I'm going to, to see it
3: yeah yeah and you know um I, I would also recommend um paying attention to the soundtrack as well it's, okay. uh, composed by nick cave and Roy oh yeah um, yeah um who i absolutely adore yes. you know that yeah and um and Nick cave is a a, a cameo in it um, oh nice yeah and and, and there's all that to love about it as well
1: yeah so. i will definitely check that out
3: um, okay. So next, uh, since I mentioned Nick cave, uh, the propositions an Australian film mm. with guy and it's uh, written by Nick cave. Um, and it's, it is a really kind of intense, um, revenge movie. Um, set in, uh, I, I, gosh, it's been a while since I've seen it. I'm going to guess it was set in the Australian outback. Maybe I'm just making that assumption because of guy Pierce and, uh, Nick cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a really kind of gory revenge film. Very intense. Um, it plays visually like one of Nick Cage's um, uh, really gritty murder ballads. Mm. Um, I think that's what it kind of attracts me and repulses me about it. <laughs> um, it's it's not for the faint of heart. Certainly isn't.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, I, I need to check that one out too.
3: Yeah. Um, okay, and then... Uh, Uh, Django Unchained by Quentin Tarantino Uh um, as a more recent one, um, as kind of a a mishmash of all sorts of genres, but Western being the prevalent one. I think out of uh, uh, Tarantino's two Westerns, this one actually was a lot of fun to watch. Again, another... I'm, maybe, you know, it's just that I'm attracted to revenge movies. Um, <laughs> do you like definitely really, really violent, like, revenge movies. Do you, know? do you like
1: Death Wish, like the original?
3: It's been too long since I've seen Death Wish.
1: I think I, it still holds up well. Because yeah, there's no... It's just, like, it's gritty. There's no, like, you know, played out scenes, you know, that they do. It's just, like, I'm going to go and kill people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and not good people. I'm going to kill the, you know, the criminals, so...
3: You know, I feel like uh, maybe with um, the Thanksgiving break coming up, uh, I should probably watch Death Wish and Dirty Harry.
1: Yeah, the Dirty Harry's, especially the first few. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because I don't remember those well enough. I've seen Dirty Harry not that long ago, but, uh, you know, it's like, I think it's about time for me to visit those again.
1: Yeah, especially the first, I mean, they are all they all take place in San Francisco, but the, the original few are really well done. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, last one. This is one that, like I said, um, I used to watch a lot of westerns as a kid. Uh, They all kind of ended up blurring together, or blurred together in my memory. Um, So this last one that I want to mention, it's one that I liked as a kid. Uh, It really stood out. I don't remember it terribly well. But I do remember that of all of the ones that I saw as a kid, this one was memorable to me as a child. Uh-huh. And that, uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh. Uh, Bogart.
1: One of the best this, endings.
3: Well, don't spoil it. No, I won't. I, I won't say remember, anything after that. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's probably, yeah, it's just, I have such vague memory about it, but I remember loving it. I remember somehow it, like, opened my eyes to, uh, Humphrey Bogart as yeah. an actor. Because I, I'd heard the name, and I think I'd seen, you know, the, the stereotypical, like, representations of of him in like media but outside of his films and it was treasure of the sierra madre which i think as a kid made me perk up and say oh humphrey bogart he's not a joke he's like a good actor and it wasn't until later that i saw like key largo and um casablanca yeah forest and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah so I, i think that movie kind of stands out as like um, as a kid, I liked it as a Western as, and as a intro to Free Barker. Yeah. And,
1: and Walter version. Houston is so good in it. And uh, again, the ending is priceless. Like it, it is one of my favorite endings of any movie.
3: Um, has anyone
1: mentioned Blazing Saddles? No. Well, now that I, when no, actually, yeah, I believe someone did cause it's gotta be on there. I mean, it's, it's, even though it's a spoof on Westerns, it's, it's one of the best comedies, one of best Mel Brooks comedies.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, and like Young Frankenstein, that's back when Mel Brooks was spoofing things so well that it was kind of like undermining an entire genre that's at the right. same time that like making a farce out of it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and that movie I, I mentioned to everyone I talked to about it—it it can't get made today, and it's really a shame because <laughs> no because people are just way too knee-jerk about things. If they'd actually watch the film and realize where it came from, you know, Richard Pryor had a hand in writing most of it, and uh, you know, the the quote unquote, you know, the racist. Uh, the racist people are, are the ones that get it in the end, and it's kind yeah. of like a wink and a smile the whole way. But people hear certain things now, and they just immediately turn turn off without actually digging deep into it. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I which is too to bad. I'm going to have to see again.
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's great. I I, I I never get sick of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, well,
3: I'll throw that in at the end.
1: Perfect, perfect. Well, again, amazing list. I got I got some homework to do because you mentioned two great ones. So thank you so much, Malin.
3: Awesome, thanks, Brian.
1: All right, we're back with my other brother, Brian. Welcome back. Howdy. <laughs> I'm glad you did that because we're going all <laughs> the way back to the old west. Back to the old west. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's not. He's spitting tobacco with a spittoon
5: <laughs> over here and everything. It's great. Uh, so you came up with the top five list. Yeah, it's yeah. not really a five in order but mm-hmm. my probably my the five that i think of the most the most
1: okay. my favorite western
5: going back uh, do you remember the first time you started
1: watching westerns or anything like that
5: um good question i don't think so mm-hmm. uh, i don't think i saw many as a kid maybe there was some like three stooges or something that like, <laughs> right, i would exactly. watch i don't know yeah because <laughs> so for me some old movies randomly on tv but
1: I don't, yeah not, I would, nothing that i really sought out I remember watching, like, reruns of, like, Bonanza and Gunsmoke and things like that, yeah, but I never a movie. saw,
5: like, Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, I wrote this on your
1: list, so I won't mention it, but there was one movie that definitely stuck out, but it was a comedy, so that's
5: why it was probably my uh, first Western. Oh, Blazing yes. Tattles, exactly. not on my list, but yeah, yeah I, I probably, I mean, I saw that somewhere along the line.
2: Because as a kid, yeah, I, I
5: think it would took me a while to start appreciating yeah. Westerns as a genre, mm-hmm. just mostly because, I don't know, it just, like all seemed like cowboys and Indians to right. me, and you know, now, you know, there's there's so much to that genre because it's a really old one. Exactly. So uh, there's so many, so much variety in there and a lot a lot to offer, really. There is.
1: And I remember taking a class in college where they were saying, like, the Western genre kind of died because there's only so many Western stories you can tell. Yeah. So it kind of just died off. But, I mean, for a
5: while there, there was, like, the 50s and the 60s. There was nonstop Westerns, even yeah. in the 40s. So Yeah. Um, and then there was, like, a yeah. revival in what, the... <laughs> Kinda so of I don't know what was maybe late ninety I remember like the like Tombstone the came 90, out. Tombstone, yeah, yeah, there was the nineties with Tombstone and Yeah, young, young guns. guns yeah. Unforgiven. <laughs> Unforgiven is not on my list because oh, I yeah. because I yeah, I remember liking the movie a lot, but mm-hmm. it, I also had the caveat that it, I thought it was just too darn long. And it was like it's a three-hour movie, right? Yeah. Uh, no, that one's not on as long. It's probably like it's 2.15. Too. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the length wasn't so much an issue. It's more mm-hmm. that I think I've only seen it the one time. Okay. I really like it, and I would watch it again. But yeah, definitely revisit that one. It's just been too long since, I, since I've since i seen it, so. That's one um, great
1: ending. The ending's tremendous yeah. in that one. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's...
5: Westerns, as a kid, they were just... Boring, but I didn't understand the nuances when I was a like, Yeah, I think I think so because so, I, so. I think there's a lot of like campy TV shows that yeah. had like a Western like themed episode yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I used to love Lone Ranger and yeah, stuff like that, stuff like that. Yeah, so it was a lot of camp, and I, I don't think I really. Found out what was good until later, and I was able to start renting my own movies. And, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's stuck with whatever. Yeah. Do. So let's we'll just jump right, so, into, it. Let's, right. Let's, let's so, into it. All uh, right. The first on my list, again, in no order, okay. is uh, No Country for Old Men, which is kind of a modern Western. Yeah. I mean, it's not really. I think it takes place in modern times, but it, it functions like a, a like Western. Like a Western. No, I agree. Much, so
1: uh, That's why I kind of. That's why I had Hell or High Water on my list. Because even though it's on yeah, like a, a traditional that is a good Western. Yeah, it's too, but it
5: is, I would call it a Western as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, it's modern. Modern, it's, in it's the deep modern south, game. Texas. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, No Country for Old Men, uh, great acting, all that, oh. I thought. Um, yeah, really well done. Tommy Lee Jones is great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Harvey O'Brien. Harvey O'Brien was, oh, was, was awesome, super yeah. creepy. But yeah, he, that was probably one of my... Josh Brolin's great in it. Yeah, Josh yep. Brolin's really good. Yeah. Uh, Woody Harrelson's right. Woody Harrelson's yeah, yeah, in I mean, it, too, really, yeah. Great so cast. All, yeah, great cast, great acting. Um, the next I have is True Grit, but not the Coen Brothers one. Mm-hmm. Although I really like that as well. Um, the original. I like the John Wayne one. Um, Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell. Yeah. yeah, maybe not him as much. <laughs> <laughs> I like Robert Duvall, though. He yeah. Villain, so, um, mm-hmm. And the girl in that, um, who played Maddie, I don't remember the actress's yeah. name, but she was good. I mean, I think maybe the the... Coen Brothers version, Haley Steinfeld does probably a little better job.
1: She's younger, because the one younger, in the original, yeah. I want to say she's
5: in her, she's probably supposed to be 18, but she yeah, seems older. Yeah, she probably, the actress was probably in her 20s, Yeah,
1: I guess. She ended up being in other movies, too. Like, I want to say she was in Better Off Dead as the Mom, but I could be <laughs> wrong. But I'd have to look that up. I'm probably totally wrong, but
5: she ended up being mm. uh, in different things. So, I don't know, I, I mean, it was sort of a toss-up, but I think I had to go with the classic. John Lee version. Not true. Oh, yet. I get that. Yeah, um, I like. I just liked his version of Rooster Cogburn better mm-hmm. than than um, Jeff Bridges. Even though I love Jeff Bridges, um, I thought he was too like I don't know marble mouth like Maywin put Folter. perfect. He, He's now the dude in everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was the dude with an oh, you know, like a. Texas accent. Yeah, exactly. Chon is an By the way,
1: I yeah. totally called it Kim Darby, who yeah. played it. Totally. She's better yeah. off dead. She's the mom that oh, makes those funny. horrible Jello molds and everything. And yes, yeah, I still got it. <laughs> damn good awesome. memory. That's, yeah. that's a damn good memory. <laughs> yeah, that's there. right. That's a,
5: that's a deep cut. All right. Uh, so oh, next, I have Shane. Yeah. Mad. Hmm. Um, that's just a great. I don't know. It's kind of like the still work Western. Yeah, uh, Stoic. Yeah, I don't know. What, what do you want to call him? He's like the Western hero. Yeah. Um, my, always, comes, my dad always comes,
1: used to make fun of him because he's so tiny. He couldn't imagine him as a badass. But you yeah, know, I think he, they, they
5: on the screen they looked. uh a lot bigger. He looked bigger. Yeah. But yeah, I think as an act, like if you, <laughs> they probably would have cast someone like The Rock now. Or oh something. yeah, or, something, <laughs> or, or someone even like Clintus that. Eastwood, you know, that's Eastwood funny. would have been. Yeah, fun. yeah I, I could see Shane being remade. Too. Yeah. Oh, but totally. It, yeah, that's an interesting movie in about the homesteaders. Yes. And, there's a Van Heflin, right? Is the yeah, he's the bad guy. Yeah. I think or no, no, no. no he's Jack the, Palance is the bad Jack guy. Mm-hmm. or one of the bad guys. I think uh, Van Heflin is is, is the, who he's staying with, the, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Jack Ponce is the like the hitman for the bad guys. Exactly. Uh, I yeah. forget the the guy who played the main like the leader. Yeah, but and, he's he was taking everyone's land. He was forcing people off land. Exactly. Like, like killing them or like burning their farms down. Or That's whatever. right so they have Shane Shane shows up at him I don't know shows up and they they get him to like help out yeah to fight off these guys so it's it's a nice uh, he's like kind of a nomad traveling around I mean, it's kind world. of like, it's a, similar to some other stories like um, uh, what's it called the I want to say Seven Samurai but mm. not the uh, Magnificent Seven yes where a lot of a lot of westerns seem to, to be about like some stranger protecting other people from from a uh, a bad guy or a force of bad guys or whatever.
1: Pale Rider, Pale Rider it is a yeah. lot like yeah. Shane. It yeah. It's kind of like the modern Shane. Gene <laughs> Arthur is great as the wife. Too. And that's yeah. I haven't
5: seen Pale Rider. That's uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Right?
1: That's okay. that came out in eighty yeah. five. so that, so that's that was more recent. Yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah. So if you like Shane, you probably like Pale Rider. But yeah. my yeah. dad always used to be annoyed. But come back, Shane. get
5: So I always had that in my mind. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think it was just the tone of his voice. Come back. I love the movie. Little kid. Yeah. But I love the the movie's great. Oh, totally.
1: Or I think it's. <laughs> yeah well and i don't know if it's on your list so <laughs> i hope i don't spoil it but jack
5: palance i mean he, yeah. city Slickers is yeah. one. no Western it's not on guys. my list i didn't do yeah. any comedies this time yeah but yeah so he's great as the as curly, curly. yeah oh yeah. I, mean, in- Although I didn't really like the sequel so much they had him like
1: oh the, that's his, a cop his, out his twin brother. yeah I was just like, okay, well,
5: that's our obvious that's know, one of the worst made worst sequels terrible, ever yes. yeah so like, please, 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 please. <laughs> let's <laughs> erase that from the from the oh, archives yeah. or whatever. That's that's right up there with Blues Brothers two thousand. All right, then. So the next two are probably my favorite two westerns. Okay, um, one is High Noon. Yes, yeah, uh, yep, mm-hmm. and uh, Grace Kelly. Um, Grace a, Kelly, yeah, she would played his wife, mm-hmm. and uh, Lloyd Bridges actually was <laughs> was that's the true. deputy sheriff. Yep. Um. So this movie is controversial in the sense that. Uh, John Wayne hated the idea of it. Mm-hmm. and he ended up making real Bravo as like a response to it. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. even though he and Gary Cooper were friends, he didn't like the writer, and the writer w- it w- it had, it got caught up in the whole McCarthyism era. and mm-hmm. the writer was was not willing to cooperate or name names. And right. so like John Wayne thought the character was a coward, mm-hmm. and he thought the the writer was, you know, anti-American. Right. So the whole thing is kind of controversial if you're like, Maybe like if you're a John Wayne hardcore John Wayne fan, then maybe High Noon isn't on your list. Right? But, I mean, I like kind of the gamut of yeah, the westerns.
1: But, different time, but yeah. uh, John Wayne was very staunch uh, anti-communist back yes, then. Yes, so, so, yeah. So, yeah.
5: Even though Gary Cooper, I guess, was uh, considered or was conservative, mm-hmm. similarly, but he he later came out against the whole blacklisting, right? Which I think was just kind of ridiculous. I mean, yeah, because they were, were picking, movie, and choosing. picking movie makers. Yeah. And it was just a, yeah anyway. Okay. Yeah. No. a Whole separate topic. <laughs> exactly. But it's an interesting yeah. movie given the context, and in some way, and people say that it was actually a response. The movie itself was a response to McCarthyism. Interesting. So, okay. Great. So, Terrific. It's so one of the top so, westerns yeah, ever. Yeah. I mean, it's a little. It's it's a little bit low on action. Mm-hmm. It's more about the like the morality of the whole situation, mm-hmm. which I like, but not it might not be everyone's cup of tea. Except for the end, the end it ends great scene. Is you get like, the payoff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's long build up. Sure, it's not a really long movie, but it's a, mm-hmm. a, the build up is rather long until you get to all that. Well, that's kind of because we were talking about it before we so started recording.
1: Unforgiven, um, there's kind of uh, the same. It's very deliberate, and then you get the payoff at the end.
5: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the same thing. Yeah. So and then my last one. Um, is the good the bad and the ugly yeah it's like a super long movie but yeah i love amazing music the music is just amazing it's yeah. probably one of the best scores of yeah any movie um there's not a lot i mean i would honestly like the acting is not so much the the delivery of dialogue yeah. it's more like how everyone's just kind of plays silence really well because <laughs> there's not a lot of dialogue in the whole movie I mean, it's maybe, the look yeah oh, what's his name uh um uh, the ugly guy. Yes. <laughs> Not ugly Oh okay. um, I always forget his name. Shoot. There's Van Cleef. Yeah. yeah he right. has some lines and Cleaning Eastwood doesn't talk very much in it. He's the man with no name. Yes. Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach. Yeah, he's we great. Lee Van Cleef Please He probably has ready. the most he has probably the most to say in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um But Mario like, Brega
1: is great in it. There's yeah. So, yeah,
5: so the the three main characters are really really well cast and it's yeah. like really just an excellent epic western movie it is and uh, so you like that uh, more than the other two that i haven't yeah. i've seen maybe only part of one was it this fistful, fistful of, of dollars, dollars, and seen, few dollars i like that yeah. one and then a few dollars more i don't think i've seen it's funny they got progressively fistful of dollars over. is yeah. yeah fistful of dollars is uh i think was remade by um it was Remade as Yojimbo. Oh, uh, as a samurai movie. Oh, really? By, uh, interesting. Kurosawa. Yeah, uh-huh. so and he also made The Seven Samurai based on Magnificent Seven, I think. or it was the other way around. I don't know. I think it the other, well, way, other way, way around. around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. Magnificent Seven was made based off of. Yeah. yeah, so it was interesting how those, the like, Kurosawa's movies kind of cross over with Westerns. So right. Some of the samurai stuff is kind of similar to the way, of, like, the. the, the uh, Wild West movies go. Right.
1: I'm glad you picked one of them because Malin and I did the same thing. We just picked the trilogy. So, Um, um, for for that, because I couldn't, the only thing that that hinders it for me for good and bad is just it's super, Super I mean, it's almost three three and have I have like
5: the I think it's the director's cut or oh, whatever really? cut it is. And it's like the mega long four yeah. hour version. So it's you know, when I, had, I think I watched that once or twice and you just have to stop it. Like you watch two hours and you stop and go back. Or leave it on the like,
1: background or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean,
5: it's worth like, it's worth paying attention to. Sure. If, you've only seen, if you haven't seen it before, mm-hmm. um, but just, yeah, block off some time. <laughs> to, yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: well, that's why I like the first one. Cause it's like 90 minutes. It's very concise yeah, and, yeah. and everything. But great list as Thanks. always. So uh, thank you, Brian. All right.
0: My second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science!